Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Back of the Guide Shack. I'm your host, Yakadoo, and today we are talking with Angie Furman. Angie, how you doing? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, if you want to, just real quick, kind of give everybody a little bit of backstory. Where'd you grow up? Uh, how did you find your way to Whitewater, and then how'd you become a guide? Alright, jumping right in. Yeah, just um. diving right in, and then that gives you a nice broad topic to talk about. Yeah. Well, I guess I grew up moving around. I was born in Nevada, moved away when I was two weeks old, and went to Wyoming, South Dakota, Nebraska, and then Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Had a nice little round there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like unpopulated states <laughs> in the West. <laughs> um, and then, essentially, I went to college at Northern Arizona University, and they have an outdoor rec program. I was not one of the students in the program, but <laughs> I liked all the classes that they had. And one of them was a intro to multi-day whitewater rafting class. And we did eight days, no, nine days on the San Juan River. Whoa. Really stretched it out. And we did, like, classroom sessions beforehand, and then we went on the river and um, practiced a lot of what we learned in the classroom and took turns guiding different types of craft and... Uh, it was awesome. It was beautiful. At the time, I was kind of like, wow, this is a lot of work. I don't know if I'm strong enough to do this. And so um, I didn't like quite jump into guiding from that, but I definitely loved river rafting. And so kept private boating for a while. Um, made a lot of friends doing that. Started to get involved in permit parties. And then I ended up pulling a cancellation permit to raft the Grand Canyon. And so, had never been down it. I'd done Diamond Down. No, on a cancellation, you have about how much time from the time you figured out that you got the permit until you launch? Like, I actually like had... Months? No, it was like a way early cancellation permit. Oh. So I had like 20 months or something. It was like... it was. It was crazy. You had a long time to prepare. I had a long time to prepare. Most of the cancellations I know about, they're like scrambling to get 16 people right. and all of their shit together because they just found out about it like two months before the launch date. Yeah, we had but. a lot of time, which was awesome. Um, this was like 2000 and we were launching in November 18th, 2011. And so we actually were trying to do it super cheap because we were like young 20-something-year-olds and... So I planned all the food. We did all the food shop ourselves. We rented some boats and uh, pretty much brought all of our own gear besides that. It was an experience. I would definitely <laughs> pay someone to do it going forward. Um, and I knew I wanted a rowboat. So I was like, well, maybe if I go be a raft guide for a summer, I'll go to their guide school. They'll teach me everything I need to know. And so... I applied and I went to work at, <clears throat> it was Adrift Adventures at the time. Okay. Now it's Adrift Dinosaur Okay. on the Green River in Utah. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, and it was awesome. Had a great summer, great coworkers. Got to do some big water rafting because it was 2011. And, and there, that, was, there was water. That river peaked. <laughs> yeah, the, that river, I think... 
Like the Split Mountain Gorge peaked at like 37,000. Fuck. Or something. That's huge. And the Yampa was like at 26,000 that year. It was huge. It was awesome. And so after rowing the big water, I was like, okay, I'm ready. And there was like a big winter in the Grand Canyon. So we ran the canyon at about like 21,000, 22,000. Oh, yeah. And that was I think awesome. The most I saw in the Grand Canyon was like 16,000. Okay. That was like the peak of, yeah. of 24 days out there. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I was like, well, I'll just be a rap guide for one season. And then after the Grand Canyon, tried the real world thing. Worked a job at a health department in Ooh. Crescent City. Yeah. Wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. Turns out. Not my cup of tea. Um. But it was cool I got to, like, see the Smith River and get introduced to that area and start rafting on the Smith and, like, the South Fork. And so that was really fun. And then saw a Craigslist ad one day. Wasn't, like, looking to stay at the health department. And it was, like, looking for experienced raft guide. And I was, like, well, I got a season under my belt and got hired on to do multi-day trips on the Rogue and uh, spent six seasons doing that. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. After is it after the six seasons where you just started doing like a couple trips a summer? Yep, yep. So after six full-time seasons, I kind of like took a step back and just started doing some some guest guiding for different companies, which has been awesome. Right, that sounds like a sweet gig because you're not like involved with the company's inner dynamics in any way and you don't get pissed off about every <laughs> little thing you're just like whatever i'm going rafting exactly so like you guys pretty much have this dialed in right <laughs> like i don't want to try to compete and like cook the pork tenderloin you guys got that you do it every week i'll do the dishes <laughs> I'll, I'll i'm really good at dishes. dishes and i'm really good at like convincing kids to do dishes <laughs> Come on, kids. Time to do dishes. No, no I got a game. <laughs> it's all about a game. I love it. Um, what would you say uh, is your probably your favorite section of whitewater? Ooh. Whitewater-wise, really like the Locksaw in Idaho. Okay. The There's like a 20... Some mile stretch that you can do that has some rapids above, like, the main stretch that most people do, like the, we call it the super, but it's got some fun rapids, and, like, one after another, and they're big, like, fun waves, and, like, not too many rocks to worry about, so that's nice. A couple big holes, but, yeah. Some boat flippers? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think my first eight times down the Locksaw, I did not stay in the boat. I think it was on my ninth time. And I was so hungover, I was like, not today. I am not swimming. I held onto that boat. Everyone else came out, but I was like, not no, not today. So. I'm not doing this today. <laughs> that checks out. Um, what would you say is like one of your favorite watercrafts? Like if you just got to pick any boat to take out on the river, what would you take? Ooh. Well, it depends on the stretch of river. The Obviously. type of, you know... I do love myself like a good 14-foot, 15-foot self-bailing raft. I don't know why. It's just my favorite classic. Did have the opportunity to row some huck fins 
Okay. Back when I was guiding, and those were fun because they're like a weird floating triangle, or not triangle, a rectangle. Right. It's like three pontoons underneath a platform, kind of? Actually, or it's... just a frame? The frame is... The three pontoons are lashed together with like like a two by eight or something between them with holes in it. What? And like, so the, the tube is tied to the two by four and then the two by four is tied to the other tube. And That's fun. Yeah. And then there's like a little platform kind of made by that, by those two by fours in between the tubes. And then you have like a metal frame on it with a big box that you sit on at the back. They're really forgiving. They're pretty funky. Do they track really nice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> they remind me of like a like a really small sweep boat, but without the sweeps. Yeah. I mean, you still have your oars going mm-hmm. like you do in a regular raft, but yeah, they're, they're pretty weird. You know, you sit really, really high up, and then you're like at the very back. So. But they're pretty nice and loungy for anyone riding on board, and they can carry a lot of gear so that's nice and with that high vantage point you can see a lot of what's going on in the rapid yeah which is nice mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so actually my first trip down the rogue uh it was like a training trip i was rowing a huck fin and i took it through through the little like left side of the picket fence <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's enough water, it goes. Yeah, exactly. So we went. It was good. Just me, and the hook. And it was, <laughs> and, and, yeah, don't want to do that again. But um, they're pretty forgiving, you know. So and then, though I have seen right. one flip, uh, I was not in control of it, but I wasn't on the raft. But I, I did see one flip at Horseshoe Bend, on, on the rock wall. Like it got pushed up into that corner. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yep. Ouch. Just endowed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can, yeah, that yeah. totally checks out. Um, but I guess yeah. my other favorite watercraft, which is also kind of a historic craft, mm-hmm. is the dirt bag. Ah, yes. Yeah. The dirt bag. <laughs> Tell everybody what the dirt bag is, because they just think that's a rafter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the other dirt bags. So, well, I learned about dirt bags by seeing a Craigslist ad, gosh, it was probably like five four years. or five years ago, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, it was like this older lady in her 80s, and it was like, the, the line was like, two dirt bags in good condition for a reasonable price or something like that, and I was like, what is going on here? I don't even know what this is. I can just buy two rafters in good condition at a reasonable price. Well, and in the description, it says, comes with paddles. And I was like, cool, they come with paddles, too. (laughs) Um, So I was like, well, whatever it is, they're only like $30 a piece. Let's go go see what I'm about to buy. And I show up, and she sets me down, and she's like, so I got to tell you, it's dirt, D-U-R-T, not D-I-R-T. And um, they're, like, they were a popular craft back in, like, I want to say, like, the late 80s and 90s in the Gold Hill Hill area on the Rogue. And essentially, it's, like, you know, like, plasticized mesh or 
Or like rig bag yeah. material. Kind of like the material that they have in drop bags or in yep. like hanging nets for drying dishes and stuff. Yeah, and they've made like a giant kind of floating mattress. It's like a rectangle shape, and it's traditionally it was filled with packing peanuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like it would make a big mess. If yeah. <laughs> one got ripped open. Yeah, I I bet it would or it did, <laughs> you know. It was What's interesting is the mesh was like pretty strong and heavy duty. You know, I asked her about that. She said they didn't really have problems, but some of the ones so I bought these two dirt bags and they came with like a couple patches. She gave me a bunch of extra material. So she explained to me that this guy um at a Gold Hill, J J D Yeo Hmm. I know nothing. <laughs> Jay DeYeo, I think is his name, um, invented these and rented them. But she thought his ex- his rental prices were too expensive. So she rented them, rented one for a day, took it home, made a pattern, and then made two for herself and her husband. So the ones you have are aftermarket dirt bags. Yes, they are not, like, it's not an original Jay... DAO design. Interesting. Yeah. That's probably why they're so much better. Um, no. <laughs> I bet I'd love to see the old ones too. You know, like the, the original ones, I guess. So. Well, and you showed me that video that had like they built a raft out of this, and like did the lower rogue. Yeah. So actually, if you go on YouTube, there's a. It was. It's interesting. It's a recently made dirt bag channel okay there's six followers and i'm one of them so it's like the grandson of the og guy i'm not sure who i'm guessing yeah someone in the family it seems like and they had a website pop back up probably like a year ago interesting but when i checked it recently it's down huh it's not there anymore but they posted like three videos on youtube like dirt bag channel or just dirt bag or whatever and and one of them is taking like this crazy raft down the wild and scenic section of the rogue. It it looked like a huge bean bag. Yeah. Like, and then tie a bunch of them together. Well, I think it was like bean bags on top of inner tubes. Oh, yes, they were all lashed to the inner tubes. That's correct. Yeah, because if you watch the video at the very end, like they're at the. At Foster Bar, and you can see them, like, deconstructing, and you're like, wait, what? That's what they were on top of? There were truck inner tubes (laughs) underneath that thing? And they have, like, little plastic lawn chairs strapped to the front with, like, two little (laughs) kids in them. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) Sounds so sick. Yeah. I mean, horribly unmaneuverable, (laughs) but super fun. Yeah. And then um, they also have a video on dirt bags. And it's like a compilation of news clips. It's pretty awesome to check out. I guess there used to be like a giant dirt bag race in Gold Hill. Sponsored by Coors Light, even. What? Yeah, I know. I'm like, we should bring this back. Yeah, let's get Coors Light back on board with this. Give us free beer and we'll paddle dirt bags down the road. Totally. (laughs) I'm like, what was the cash prize on this? I bet it was 1993, $1,000. That's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) man that sounds like so much fun i mean you've raced a dirt bag before you took first in the dirt bag uh 
category because you're the only one. You are correct. I like to call it the triple crown. The triple crown? I got first place out of all the dirt bags. Nailed it. I got absolute last place in, in the everything. entire race <laughs> by like two minutes. <laughs> and I got the Carnage Award. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was like, what's the third one? It's the, yeah, the Carnage Award. Which one did you uh, really get worked over in on the uh, South Fork of the Smith? I believe it was Surprise. Oh, were you surprised? Yeah, I was a little surprised. I decided to not scout it because I thought maybe better not knowing what I was about to go into. <laughs> I don't know if that was the best decision. I don't know if taking the dirt bag down that rabbit was the best decision ever. But you know what? You live and you learn. You made it. <laughs> I, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yep. So, had some carnage there. Got back on the dirt bag, went around the corner. No one was watching. Ended up swimming again, but this time I didn't, like, (laughs) nail a rock, so life was okay. You know, dragged myself into the the finish line, and... How did you end up in that race, anyway? Great question. Um, I would say probably... White Claw. <laughs> I blame it too, all on White Claw. Too many White Claws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some discussions around the campfire late the night before. Yeah. You know. A little... Yeah, well, I mean, Boatsmith is just a massive collection of a bunch of crazy people who will talk you into anything. <laughs> if you show any sign of like, I might do that, they're like, you should definitely do it. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I toned it back this last boat, Smith. I took the dirt bag out, but not on like anything crazy. Just like on a nice little, nice little easy float. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it's for. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it has the little zipper pouch in the middle for a six pack. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> which is probably my favorite feature of the craft. I would have to agree. Is it they're like, all right, so if we're gonna be on this thing that doesn't maneuver well. We need to be able to drink. <laughs> Let's put a little zipper in the middle so the beers can't get away when we fall out. That's right. I know. I've thought about, like, design improvements that I would do. Well, you've already made some design improvements. Haven't you? Um, because you're not using packing peanuts. Well, I guess, yeah, you're right. I decided that's not great. Uh, not only because of it, like, ripping open and having styrofoam everywhere, but I noticed that the styrofoam that was already in there it was like starting degrading. to break down you know it's getting like little plasticky balls all over her styrofoam balls on me so i was like this is definitely gonna go in the river so i emptied those out and i wasn't sure what to use did a, some research on the internet actually came across jay DeYeo's patent that he filed in 1987 for a floating mattress And he did a lot of research into density and, like, water displacement, which was actually somewhat interesting, I guess. He figured out just how many packing peanuts it was going to take. He did. He did. (laughs) Um, But I just was kind of, like, throwing the question out there to different friends. And a friend of mine who wasn't even really into rafting at the time was like, why don't you try those ball pit balls that you see at, like, a McDonald's play place? Yeah. Well, those would probably be good. Most of those have holes in them. 
Well, yes, that's what I did learn, but I also learned through the internet, um, according to some mommy blogs out there, there are certain balls that don't have a hole, and this is important to moms because their kids' spit will go into the hole and then oh. collect inside. Interesting. So they're trying that's to find... That's not something I even remotely would have thought about. <laughs> yeah. The kid's spitting in that tiny little needle-sized hole in the Yeah, ball like a little toddler ball. just like sucking on the ball. <laughs> So <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, so I made sure to find balls that don't have the tiny little hole, and I ordered a thousand online. Figured that'd do the trick. Thought that would do the trick. Turns out the box was a lot smaller than I expected when it, <laughs> when it arrived, and so I also got fifty pool noodles, and so. Currently, I have a thousand ball pit balls and fifty pool noodles inside of my dirt bag. But um, I'm trying to. I think I'm gonna like boost it up. I think I need a little bit more like rigidity in the bag. Right. And so I'm either gonna try. I've got like another thousand ball pit balls in my Amazon cart right now. Question. Mm-hmm. What about? So you got all the pool noodles in there that are giving you your length. If yeah. you, like, took a big zip tie and zip tied, like, six of them together to make them more rigid so they're not as floppy and they don't, like, move around underneath you as much. I don't know. Yeah. Almost kind of like Huck Fin it. Do, like, three stacks of pool noodles and then fill in all your excess with the balls. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's a good idea. I think sometimes. The the crazy thing is, is pool noodles are kind of expensive. Like, yeah, 50 pool noodles is, like... Hundred bucks, and then when you're like, <laughs> and then like right. a thousand ball pit balls is like a hundred bucks, and I'm like, wait, this is like two hundred bucks. I want to put another hundred in. Why don't I just spend three hundred dollars on like an inflatable kayak? I'm gonna be five hundred dollars into this thing. Okay, yeah. At which point, you could have just picked up a used IK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't have the allure of the dirt bag, and it has the zipper for the beer. Right. I have an inflatable IK, and I probably. I probably use the dirt bag more. <laughs> so, yeah. Checks out. Yeah. I but, paddled it oh. this spring out on the lake. I didn't take it on a river. But getting it to move around on the lake was a little tricky. Yeah, we couldn't was, get you off that. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> it's a good lounge boat. Uh-huh. It's great for just laying out and just drinking a beer on it and just, like, gentle paddling to kind of propel you roughly in the direction you're trying to go. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. We actually took one down the San Juan River a couple summers ago. Might have been the first dirtbag descent on the San Juan. On the San, probably. Or at least in the last couple decades. I mean, they probably didn't travel that far from Southern Oregon if it was just this one guy who had a patent in Gold Hill. Well, according to one of those promotional videos that's on YouTube... They, like, went to 11 different states and what? all sorts of stuff, but I've never met anyone outside of Southern Oregon who's recognized heard it. heard or... of anything that even resembles it. Yeah. Right. When I tell people about dirtbags, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> even a lot of, like, local locals, people have, no like, idea. forgotten the, the history or... But it is funny, like, I'll go out, like, on the Applegate or on the Rogue with it, and every now and then someone will shout... Like, is that a dirt bag? I haven't seen one of those things in years. You know, <laughs> like, where'd you get that? I'd love to get one. 
Some old lady made it in Golden Hill. She ripped off the OG design. She didn't give a shit about that patent. <laughs> she probably made her own, like, you know, little design changes. Yeah, it, it, it was changed by at least 10%. That's all you need. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, so I have the second one that I'm, like, looking to fill if anyone has any ideas. And, you know, and I was like, man, maybe ball pit balls after COVID. Like, maybe maybe play places after COVID won't be as happening. So I could get, like, a killer deal on, like, some used ball pit balls. Some surplus ball pit <laughs> balls. But. Yeah. And then the pool noodles, I mean, that you're just going to have to bite the bullet on that one. Yeah, I've also looked into just, like, high-density foam that wouldn't, like, absorb too much water. Yeah. And places to get it, like, kind of cheaper and in bulk. Yeah, I had to get some stuff from some foam website to make my inflatable canoe. I made, like, a foam kneeling pad with a saddle that you could be in, like, a whitewater canoe, but in an inflatable pack. And uh, that wasn't too terribly expensive, I don't think. Just get a big sheet of it and put it on top of everything in the dirt bag, and that would really make it probably a little more comfy. Yeah. That would. When I was... All right, everybody, let's bring back dirt bags. Bringing them back. You get a hold of anybody that messes with that mess shit, and then you just tell them to make you a dirt bag and let them figure it out. (laughs) Well, I also think it'd be hilarious if we do go the ball pit ball route. You know, it's like a sack of balls. Yeah. So, like, a ball sack. It's the ball sack. It's the ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same as a dirt bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big old bag of balls. That's right. I want to uh, get, like, little balls that say ball sack. And so whenever someone asks, I can just, like, unzip the middle zipper and, like, pull out a ball and, like, throw it to them on shore. <laughs> and it's got, like, a little website. It's like, a ball sack. <laughs> yeah, except that might be an expensive website. So might have to go with something else. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, right up there with, like, only feet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the styrofoam thing... So actually, my very first boat of my entire life, I think, uh, I was like in middle school, okay. and I really wanted a boat. I lived in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, boating mecca, water oh, everywhere. Dude, so much boating going on there. <laughs> but I lived near this research center. It was like an Arizona State University research center, and they had all these ponds, and there was an island in one of the ponds. They're all man-made ponds. But I wanted to go to that island. But I was not going to swim in that water. So, I convinced my friends. We built a boat. And we, we were like, how are we going to do this? And so we got a piece of, like a 4 by 8 piece of plywood. And then we put like 2 by 4s around the edge. And we are like, what? This isn't really going to hold us up. We need like styrofoam or something. Mm-hmm. So my friend's uncle took us to the styrofoam factory. And he, he said, blocks, like yeah. they use like docks. He was like, just like give like your best, like, hi, we're like middle school girls and we need this for a science project. And they just gave us like giant foam blocks. And so we like had four of them, like in the corners underneath. And then we put like some AstroTurf on it. We made like a little sunshade. 
And then we convinced my friend's dad to like, like load it on his trailer. Take you to the lake. Take us to the lake. He got us like bottles of Gatorade to like break across the front of the boat instead of champagne because we were like, I don't know, like 12 or something. Well, you still got a christen the boat. We did. We named it. It was named Martello. Martello. Why was it named Martello? Because our soccer team was the Hammers, and oh, that was like Hammer in like Portuguese or Spanish or something, and we thought it was cool. I don't know. But we floated it out there. We got to the island. Turns out it was covered in goose poop, and we didn't really <laughs> want to be on the island, so we floated it around, and then we ended up like convincing her dad to take it to another friend, like to a friend's neighborhood where they had one of those ponds. We had it like docked behind her mom's house and uh, one day it floated away and the HOA called and told her to pick it up and we never picked <laughs> it up and, uh, and we never saw it again. <laughs> that was the end of Martello. That sounds fantastic. The HOA called. <laughs> um, so that was your first craft. Mm-hmm. What about your last craft that you oh. got your hands on? Yeah, I did just get a new boat. Uh, another new boat. <laughs> another boat, yep. Um, this one's an exciting one. Been wanting a drift boat for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and for anybody that's listening that doesn't know what a drift boat is, what's a drift boat? Drift boat is a fishing boat that's kind of got some roots um, here in Oregon. There's like the McKinsey River drift boat. It's like a old schools are like wooden boats. Um, made to kind of cut through the water, stay, stay in a certain spot, and, uh, nowadays they're made out of aluminum or... But in, like, comparison to a raft, they're like Ferraris. Like, they go exactly where you want them to go if you're good at rowing. That's what I hear. (laughs) That's what I hear. Have you got to use it yet? I have not taken (gasps) out my new boat yet. I know. You were supposed to come out with us that one day. I know, I know. I'm gonna get it out soon i was thinking about this weekend but i had to make sure so this boat it's cool because um it's a wooden drift boat built locally uh and it came with a motor oh nice 9.8 horsepower four stroke and i don't know anything about motors you don't have so, to. You just pull on the cord thing, and they go, rum, 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 and you go, rum, 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 and away you go. Well, I know a lot now, actually. I <laughs> went to winterize it. I ended up getting it running. I've, it's working like a charm, but I've been talking with the guys down at Mike's Marine and Medford and learning all about how these types of motors and how to keep them going and what not to do, and so that's been cool. Um, and... Yeah, it needs a little love. It's got a little, like, dry rot, but this boat was built, like, in the 90s by this guy who, like, Jim Watkins, I think, uh, or Watson, Jim Watson. Yeah. And he supposedly was friends with Willie. Okay. They, were, like, were the same age, went to school together, and then did a bunch of fishing, and Jim had his own... Uh, like ore making business yeah. called JD Sons and like ore company. Can't really find anything about it, but this boat came with two oars uh, that he. Yeah. Made. I also was looking into that and I could not find anything. Yeah. It was like somebody like me, 
who he never made a website, he never did anything. He just made ores, sold them, and then that was it. Yeah. It's in, like, I got these photos. So the guys that sold it to me were his sons. I guess he had recently passed, and he didn't want to sell the boat until he passed. And his sons were selling it, and they ended up giving me some old photos. And one has, like, probably, like, 50 oars lined up against the wall in the background. I was like, oh, that's so cool. The oars you got are sweet. Yeah. One's got a bear on it. One's got a cougar on it. Yeah, hand-painted. I was looking at how he had, like, wrapped the blade, the tip of the blade. Yeah. And it's almost like he just took fiberglass and just wrapped it around and kind of folded it up and smoothed it out, which I thought was a little interesting. Yeah. I was like, hmm. I've always wondered how well that would work because I've always just wrapped resin-soaked felt around mine to protect the outsides but not everybody likes that they some people think it takes away from the paddle and you're like cool well how else am i supposed to protect the edge right (laughs) apparently just wrapping fiberglass all the way around yeah and uh i'm excited to try them out too some people are like you're gonna use them they're like painted Uh and i'm like he used them i'm gonna use them yeah do you feel how light they are yeah those things are so light like i picked one up and was holy shit yeah like, this is nice. Yeah, I'm excited. And then the boat itself, I mean, it's like a beautiful turquoise and blue, like my favorite colors. And it's, yeah, it's sexy looking. It comes with a pretty, like, trailer, too, that was built by another guy down the street from him. And so it's got some history. And uh, I guess the bottom is covered in Kevlar. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Which, in theory, should stop a lot of damage from happening to the boat. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. It's That's my new little, little project. So. If you want to help with that dry rot, let me know. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'd be interested in helping out with that. Totally. I have been looking into, like, some good, like, chemical things to use to, like, keep it from rotting more, I guess. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Yeah. So do that or just like cut out a big section and just put a new piece of plywood in there and fiberglass it in or something like that. Yes, we are going to talk more about this. So, what would you say is one of your favorite river memories or river stories that you've got that just every time you think about it, you're just like, yep, this I'll always be a rafter. Hmm. Always be a river person. Hmm, that's a good question. Probably that, like, first Grand Canyon trip that I did, to be honest, just because I think we did 26 days. That's a long time in the in the no cell service and just in everybody's presence. Yeah, it was awesome. How many people were on that trip? We had 15 Okay, yeah, you're almost maxed out. Yeah, 15 for the first half, 14 for the second half. We had two hike out and one hike in. And, um, but it was a great group of people. I kind of hand-selected, like, who I wanted to go. And so it was, like, a bunch of, like, girlfriends from growing up. And so we had a really solid crew. We totally, like, lost our minds. And I think we were speaking in Russian accents only, like, on day <laughs> 20 on. <laughs> but it was, like, in such the best way to, like, disconnect. And, like, all that matters is just, like, you know, like, 
Everyone stay safe. Eat food. Have fun. Yeah, have fun. Take down camp. Put up camp. Try not to get on each other's nerves. Yeah. Because that is definitely something that happens after about 16 days. Is it just little shit that people do that is really not important or anything, but... It's been it's been happening every day for sixteen days, and you're just like, I can't do this shit anymore. Right. It gets very stressful, at least for me. Maybe not for other people, but no, definitely. I, I have think a tough one with that. It's like a long time to be with the same people, like all day, every day. So I think, it, yeah, it's important to like go find your own time too. I'm always a fan of like I'm gonna go over a little, you know, of course, tell people where you're going and all that. And when you're gonna be right, back. don't just wander off. No, but like <laughs> taking time or even just like sit down by the river and read a book by yourself or something. So it's nice to, it's important to to have that time. Definitely. So that was definitely it. Sounds like a pretty life changing rafting trip. Uh, what about the most recent? <laughs> life-changing style rafting trip you did yeah had an awesome awesome trip probably the best trip ever of my life um this summer well in august got to do the tachinchini and alsec rivers which was absolutely incredible so for that run where do you start so we um our group we all met in haynes alaska and then from there, we shuttled over the border into Canada, drove pretty much into Yukon. You go to a place called Dalton Post, dirt road off the highway, down to the river. We put in there, and then we rafted, I think we did 11 days total, and we took out at, um, you're pretty much like in Glacier Bay National Park in Alaska. So we rafted over the border. And uh, essentially you get to this takeout that's kind of like just like a little like ranger hut and uh, like some bathrooms and an airstrip. And we got picked up by a small airplane there. So that was a really cool trip because not only the rafting was awesome, but the flight back over the river afterwards. And you're like seeing all the glaciers from a different view and it was... It, you're like seeing all the braided channels. You're like, oh yeah, we should have gone down that side instead of the right <laughs> side. <laughs> that would have saved us an hour. But no, we're just taking the wrong channel that goes nowhere because, like, a lot of them don't go all the way through, right? Yep, that can happen. There's you gotta row back up. Yeah. Oh my god. If you can, you know, like, so it's it's pretty wild because it wasn't like crazy rapids or anything. But it's a really high volume river especially after the confluence of the Tatshenshini and the Alsek. And, like, at one point, like, the river was five miles across. And if you're like, okay, we're going to camp in ten miles on the other side of the river, we need to, like, start ferrying now to make sure we don't miss camp. Because then there's also (laughs) going to be, like, some braided channels that are going to force us to, like, maybe work the opposite way where we're trying to go. And so... That was, like, a little stressful, and then we had a couple days of where it was so foggy, you couldn't even really see maybe, like, 100 yards. <laughs> and so you're like, well, wonder where this is going. But was, what was interesting is, is you were coming up to it, because it is so braided, you could kind of start to see, like, almost different topographies. It's the only place I've ever actually seen water 
flowing like uphill, coming back like in an eddy and like flowing back up like in a channel for like a significant distance. That's pretty wild. It was weird, yeah. Like going down and then like uphill and then into like another channel that went downhill. Yeah, it was it was weird. Hydraulics. Yeah, it was awesome though, <laughs> and like the wildlife was incredible. We saw like fifty bald eagles, a couple grizzlies, but nothing in camp. Nice. Um, yeah, it turns out if you like to play a lot of music and just not be loud, they might not come around. So at least that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were playing music <laughs> in the wilderness. Well, if that upsets you, what was even weirder was, like, you burn all of your garbage. Right. Because... Because you can't fly it out. You can't fly it out, and it helps keep the bears away from camp to not have, like, salmon wrappers around and stuff. Yeah. So, there's nothing like being in the most pristine area, like, glaciers around you and, like, icebergs, and then you're, like... Wonder which is going to burn faster, the ketchup bottle or the mayo, like, <laughs> container, and, like, everyone's, like, smelling, we smelled, like, dumpster fire, like, our rain jackets after coming back, because there's some cold days, and you're, like, huddling around it for warmth, and you're, like, ah, oh, nothing, like, a bunch of burning plastic. Ah, <laughs> oh, the way the burning plastic seeps into my coat. Yeah. <laughs> Though, when I smell burning plastic now, I'm like, oh, Alaska. Oh, Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um. But yeah, it was a great trip. Like, to do that, it's like a different permit system than, like, the normal time frame. So it's usually, I think you put in in, like, I want to say November... And then they announce it in December, because I was notified before Christmas last year. Hmm. And then, when was the trip? Like, July? August. August. I think you can start doing them in June. And you were still getting days where you guys were, like, bundled up, freezing your asses off. Yeah, we had, like, one or two days in particular that were, like, maybe the coldest I've ever been, but... <laughs> in the middle of July, <laughs> or August. Yeah. It's like... Whoa. Yeah. But you're also rafting next to, like, icebergs. Like, right. Did you like, do any, like, iceberg luges? You know it. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Multiple. That pristine <laughs> ice creates the perfect taste for a nice little luge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any plans for any big trips this year? It's a good question. I don't have like any big plans. I'm gonna put in for permits, of so course. Yeah. Of course, try to do some rogue trips. And, That's not hard to start out, right? Maybe like an Illy. I've not done an Illinois River trip ever, so I need to do that. What? I know. Oh, you should come with us next time then. I'll let I you know. know. Yeah, you should. I'm, right now, I'm trying to get a frame built for my Riddler boat. Oh, I saw that. So I can take that on the Illinois, but I gotta figure out how to order from Tough River stuff. Okay. Because I got on there and I was like, oh, this is what I want. And I'm like, where is the buy it oh. button? Oh, you have to become a member or oh. something. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to input all that fucking bullshit. But it's, just, you know, it's like a Thorpe bag that holds a big rocket box ammo can. And that just makes multi days a little bit easier when you're going lightweight. Yeah, that sounds rad. Yeah. I just, 
yeah. so badly want to row the Riddler boat. And I've got the oars. I've got the boat. I just need a frame now. It's looking nice. Uh, I like the color scheme, and yeah, that's exciting. The question marks were the interesting thing, because we, we did, like, purple Lex question marks, and then while it was drying, we were just throwing glitter at it oh. to make it sparkly. Cool. And then we painted clear Lex over the top to seal it all in. But then for, like, probably three weeks after that, I'd go into the garage, and there's just, like, purple and pink and blue glitter fucking everywhere. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> I, I don't like glitter. <laughs> I like the way that glitter looks. I just don't like glitter that has the ability to detach from whatever it's connected to to become then stuck on me. Right. I'm I actually had glitter on that. me today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where did this come from? Um. Now, there's uh, this summer... Every trip, they're like, it's the last day. Are you going to glitter up with us? I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. And then on the very last day of the last trip, I was like, all right, fine. Let's do this glitter thing. I've been telling you guys no and shutting it down all summer. So go nuts. There's, um, I was in my beard for weeks. I got two things. <laughs> Couldn't get it out. Yeah, that's what's wrong with that? So, one, there's some really good glitter, like, sparkle sunscreen that you can get that's, like, zinc. and Unicorn like... snot oh. is one of them. Okay. I'm trying to remember the one I used, but I can't remember. It comes in, like, a little stick, though, so it's nice. And then the second thing was you guys had some wonderful outfits this summer I saw on social media. I was like, ooh, looking fly. I just wanted to comment on that. Like... I've collected many more since then. <laughs> I found a onesie, suave pineapple, where the whole thing is like shimmering glitter (laughs) outlines of like the pineapple ridges, and then like the poof top of a pineapple is like a mohawk on top of the hood. It is sweet. Cool. I actually have a present for you. Ooh. A new piece of uh, flareware that will have to pull Flareware. Out. Yeah. I don't know. I saw it and, and was like, I bet I could sell this to Micah. But <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'll just give it to you. But <laughs> uh, yeah. So a lot of people do like themed nights when they're out on the river. What is your favorite theme tonight? Ooh, I mean, I have to go with Sequin Saturday. Or Sunday. What? <laughs> sequin Saturday? Sequin no. Saturday. Oh. We, rock- we, have, we have Wildcat Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We have Monday Night Raw, where everybody dresses up like WWE Ooh. characters. That's a good one. 2-2 um, Tuesday. Everyone's got to have a 2-2 on. Yeah. Um... I mean, there's always disco night. Not on commercial trips. This is a private trip theme. <laughs> is you have the ABC night, which is the anything but clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, just figure out how to cover yourself up without putting clothes on. Which is one. a super fun one, I think. That one is fun. Uh, but When I was guiding, we, I, a lot of my trips were, like, Saturday or Sunday launches. And so... Depending on the launch, I'd either do Sequin Saturday or Sequin Sunday. 
if I did sequin Saturday, I think I did silky Sunday, and I'd Ooh. wear like a nice '90s silk shirt. Yeah. We did muscle shirt Mondays. Oh, but that's, then that's kind of like Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I started <laughs> to get like too many sunburns, and so we changed it to America Monday, and uh, we did Tropical Tuesday. Okay. And then wear it again Wednesday, because <laughs> that's usually like takeout day, and it would just be like a mashup of whatever you wore before. We had a paddle out in plaid. Ooh. So all the guides on the last day would sh- like they have a plaid shirt or plaid shorts or something, but then that was too rigid, I guess. So we changed it to paddle out in patterns, okay. just any kind of pattern, as long as it's a pattern that flies. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I mean, you know, it's all about, like, looking good, so... Oh, you're not wrong about that. You should see me in my suit. <laughs> Full suit. Purple. It's, like, bright purple. And I really need to get a green question mark put on the back of it. Uh, because I'm just going to go full Riddler, dye my hair red. There you go. Just lean really... In. Lean in lean hard. In as hard as I possibly could. <laughs> But, yeah. We actually had a guy bring a full suit on the Tatshenshini trip because we had a formal night planned. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you realize we have, like, limited space, you know, (laughs) like, no one's bringing Paco pads, you know, we're all sleeping on Thermarest, and we're not used to that. And and I'm like, but you brought a full suit? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. I would definitely be doing that. There's, there's enough, I can roll my suit up into a pretty small little roll, just tuck it in somewhere. It's fine. Oh, yeah. And we, I'd wear it more than once. You'd see me just wearing that thing for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I think we did a costume day every single day on the Tetsch and Sheenie. That's so great. At least a little something. We tried to th- do things that we could wear with our dry suits, too. So we wore, like, wigs. We had, like, wig out Wednesday, I think. And I need to get more wigs in my, my, uh, mm-hmm. my little supply bag. Ooh, I also just got a new jumpsuit. Ooh. It's like a flight suit, uh, like that you'd see on any like Top military, gun. yeah, like Top Gun, anything like that. But it says Oregon Forestry Department on one side, <laughs> and on the other side it says Steve. <laughs> I am Steve now. You are Steve. <laughs> come in handy. Thank you. <laughs> Next time I'm about to get in trouble, I'm gonna just toss this. I'm with the Oregon Forestry Department. <laughs> You're doing a study. Here's my supervisor, Brett, Kyle, White. <laughs> Here's his number. Trust me, it's his number. He hasn't changed it in 20 years. Oh my gosh. The bumper stickers. What? Do you remember the bumper stickers? Which one? Property of Brent. Uh, Brent White, we, I swear I was talking about this with you. Not bumper stickers. I think it was someone else. I found We were thinking of making have... them and then just putting them on things like property of reward if found. Oh, no, we did that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came up with a way more creative name, though. Mm-hmm. Right phone number. That's right. Currently, there's a box that we've just been adding things to over time. And it's just like really weird shit. Like, uh, like like only the left arm of Barbies, like (laughs) 10 of them, 
she's like, like serial killer. She's like over and over like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, what was another one? Uh, there's a binky in there. Uh, Where's definitely, this box? Is that definitely a there's a dildo in there. There's a butt plug, a cock ring, or cock cage. Not a cock ring. Um, just a lot of interesting things that are all going to get thrown in there. And then at some point it's going to get hidden. Okay. Ooh. For someone to find. Like a little treasure chest. Yeah. And when they open it, they're going to be like, Reward. If found, call this person. There's a phone number in there. Got it. So that way, and we're we're trying to ditch it in a place that a a rivaling company's guides will find it. So that way their whole company can just have a fucking heyday with it. Right. We have plans. We have plans. I planted at one of the lodges. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Because you know that's... Because Brent only does lodge trips. That's it. (laughs) Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait. It's probably one of the longest running jokes that we've had for a while. We've been building this box for eight months now. That's just hilarious. slowly letting different people who know him put items in. Oh, funny, funny. Yeah, I you had know. a crazy, crazy experience with him a couple of years ago after oh. the uh, river trip. Well, him and Carmen and I. On the side of the road with like the broken down trailer. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but we you guys were there with Mike, and the the tire blew out. The tire blew out, <laughs> and yeah. so they had to take it and go to town. And so Brent and Carmen and I just like stayed on the side of the road drinking some beers, and like there was like some definite locals. There was like <laughs> definite like no trespassing signs. <laughs> we weren't. We were just on the side of the road, but then like one person came and then another and then another we just like we were like I think they're gonna murder us. I think they're digging our grave with a tractor on the other side of the fence. We need to get the fuck out of here. We're about to get jumped. Uh yeah. Good times. <laughs> And that was lucky because I just showed up at the takeout and hoping I could get a ride with someone and put my boat on someone's trailer. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, uh, so then they had to stay because you guys came back. Yeah, we ended up, I got a rent to Trent. They had to rent a U-Haul. Yeah. And the next day a U-Haul shows up at my house <laughs> because apparently one of my rafts was in there and your raft was in there. And I was like, I'll just take both of those and I'll take Angie, her raft. Yep. Yeah, that was a that sounded like quite. Yeah, that was the whole a, ordeal. That was a fun trip. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? was that a river cleanup trip? I think so, like an April trip. I've really been taking like April trips recently, mm-hmm. so that's you get all the waterfalls coming down and like yeah, really pretty. That's my like my that's my month off. Yeah. Every year. Is I do not work in April. I stop at the shelter in March and I. Don't start working as a guide until May. So I get that whole month off. What do you want to do? Nice. Where do you want to go do stuff? Let's go do stuff. Yeah. Let's go rafting. Let's go. I'm in. Um, if only there was some high water. Nice 15,000 CFS flow in April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I saw the video of you uh, tubing rainy. <laughs> okay. What was the flow then? So I tubed... The first two-thirds of Rainy, and I swam the second, the yeah. last third. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, 
I think the flow is like 2000-ish in Agnes and like 17 in Grant's Pass. I don't think I was far enough to the left of the rooster tail because when I was hitting the rooster tail, it was pushing me over to the right and then I was just dropping straight into like the deep. Yeah. And there was no chance. I had done it a couple weeks before that with Rafa and I was just following Rafa's line. Mm-hmm. And we got more on the left side of the okay. rooster tail. And I was able to go punch it under, stay on the tube while underwater. But then when it would come back up, it would ender me. Oh, yeah. I'm going to land it one day. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna tube rainy enough times that I land it eventually. <laughs> there you go. That's a good goal. Just, just laws of probability <laughs> at some point. Sometimes. This is going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's not something I ever would have thought to do until I guided with Rafa and Forrest. Okay. Who are like hardcore inner tubers and was they were constantly pushing me to do things that I would not normally do, like swirly jumping yeah. and things like that where you get really comfortable underwater. What kind of tube are you on? Ooh, I'm a real big fan of the River Runner. Nice. Um, you can get those at uh, Kroger stores. Yeah, the white and blue ones. Yeah, the white and blue ones. It's a 20-gauge PVC material. Very strong. Much stronger than those Ozark trails you get from Walmart. Those things pop on anything. Yeah. And they have, like, the big, like... Uh, the big valve? The valve mm-hmm. that you can film with. So you're not, like... <coughs> Airing, yeah, I can use, like, a normal pump to yeah. air mine up. Nice. And then to deflate... When you pull the big valve off, it yeah. deflates in like four seconds and everybody else is like pinching the little mouth thing and just like yeah. doing everything they can to deflate. So, you know, I got I got my little setup. There was a bunch on sale at the end of the summer <coughs> and I think I got six of them. Oh, nice. Cool. <laughs> so that way in case I don't see them again, at least I'll be able to continue tubing into the future. There you go. There you go. Because what I just did, like, a couple weeks ago, huh? I was in Hawaii okay. for my first time ever for the holidays and doing stuff with fam. And, of course, crazy Aunt Angie has to, like, find some fun adventure to drag her family on. <laughs> and there's this thing called mountain tubing. And it's, like, an old sugarcane plantation. What? So, hold on. Yeah. Mountain tubing, like... No water's involved? Well, there is water. Okay. So it's an old sugarcane plantation. And there was these, like, canals that had been dug out, oh. like, 100 years ago. And they have, like, a little, you know, like, a little drawdown thing where they can add water to this canal system. And it was five miles of canal. And they, like, drive you up there in this little, like, off-road bus thing with, like, flappy plastic on the sides. You feel like you're going on a safari. Then you get down to the river. You get a hard hat with a headlamp. You get gloves. And then you get your inner tube. Hard hat with a headlamp? Because, like, they go in and out of tunnels. And you're like, the longest what? tunnel was like a mile long. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're just spinning. It was actually kind of like a fast, like, flume. I was like, what? Like, it was ages five and up. So I was like, yeah, my nieces will be fine. And <laughs> everyone made it. It was, it was awesome. It was fun. But yeah, you're like, you go in and out of these tunnels. It's like jungly around you. There was like a couple of like little fun, I don't know, like probably two foot drops or something. But, uh, it was interesting. Oh, this sounds like so much fun. Yeah, it was cool. 
Highly recommend. That's on Kauai. If anyone's going there, go check out mountain tubing. <laughs> uh, well, that pretty much concludes our podcast. We're at an hour. So right. this is fun. we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Thanks for doing a podcast with me. Appreciate it. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for stopping in. Later.